Amen. See, it's so good to see you this morning. And uh, again, I hope everybody's having a, a very Merry Christmas so far. And I know I've heard from some of the kids already, so I know that presents were already open this morning and some pretty good ones from what, what I've heard. But uh, somebody got a present you want to share if you've opened presents already? Uh, this year you want to share a present that you got? The adults can share too. Nobody got a present? All right, pots and pans. Sweater, okay. And a bike, yeah. An Xbox, cool. Yes. I believe that. I can't hear what he said. Spider-Man ball. Okay, awesome. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, how uh, as you get older, the things you're excited about at Christmas time change. And I got socks uh, this Christmas. I was pretty pleased with that. Uh, and, uh, but you know, the, the, no matter what the, the gift that, that we've gotten, the greatest gift uh, the world has ever known and would ever receive is the gift of Jesus. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's what it's about. You know, the parties and the trees and the presents are really kind of nice. But that's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about Jesus and uh, the gift that God gave to us because he loved us so much. You know, you only give presents to people that you love in life. You don't like somebody, you don't give them a present. Uh, and uh, it might be a white elephant present if you don't like them, I guess, but uh, you don't give them a good present. Uh, and so if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 1 uh, and Luke chapter 2. And I want us to read it together. Will you all help me read this morning? Uh, the words will be on the screen. Uh, and so let's read together uh, the Christmas story. Verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Say, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. 
and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out, Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And so, you know, we have this great gift uh, and uh, and the, the person of Jesus. And um, so I want to just talk for just a few minutes this morning about this great gift. You know, Christmas really is a wonderful time of year, but the gift of Jesus doesn't just take, come on December 25th. The gift of Jesus is available to all of us 365 days a year. 366 on leap years. And yet, you know, sometimes this year brings joy and, you know, we sing and we eat a lot. Um, you know, it's not the good time to go to the doctor because they're making you on a scale and you're not going to lose weight in the month of December. Uh, so wait till February or March to go uh, to the doctor if you can get on that scale. So then, by then, you know, you can work it off. Uh, but, it's not all joy for, for everybody. This time of year is hard for folks. There are some of you that have lost loved ones this year, and this Christmas is the first one without celebrating with a loved one. Or you've had some loved ones move away, or uh, maybe you're facing some job difficulties, or uh, different things. And yet, even in all of that, seemingly bad stuff, there's still this message of hope that Christmas brings. And that's what makes it the greatest gift. And so I want us to see uh, three parts of gifts that God gave that Christmas morning. Uh, and maybe it will help us to find joy even when maybe we are a little sad. Uh, and the first one is the gift of problems. Oftentimes, we don't think of problems as gifts, do we? And yet, they are. Uh, something, you know, that... And one thing about problems, uh, there's a, a little chorus in our hymn book that says, you know, if I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. You know, in the Christmas story, we find a lot of problems. We find a teenage girl that's pregnant. And that wasn't any more politically correct 
back then as it is today, although it's getting to be less and less problematic in our society today. And I can't, but it was very much in the first century world looked down upon. And you know, Joseph and Mary both were kind of snickered at. And I guarantee you, because people are people, people talked behind their back. Oh, they were friendly in front of their face. And, but behind their back, they were talking. And they belittled Joseph and Mary. And yet, both of them remained faithful to what God had told them to do. And they took this responsibility of raising Jesus very seriously. Can you imagine the pressure of being responsible for the Savior of the world? I don't know about you, I don't want that kind of pressure. That's too much. You know, a regular old snotty-nosed kid is enough pressure. But to raise the Savior of the world, so they had that problem. They had the problem of people talking. They had problems of what people thought. They, they had problems of money. You know, they weren't wealthy. They were just common people. And we've mentioned several times that we've looked through this month the characters of the Christmas story. God likes to use ordinary people. And so if you think, man, I'm just ordinary... That's good news because you're just the kind of person that God likes to use and that God likes to do things through. They had the gift or the problem of not having a place to stay. They did not have, um, you know, holiday inns back then. They, They didn't have the internet. You go on and make a reservation before you got somewhere. And by the time they got to this town of Bethlehem, there was no place for them to stay. And so they ended up out in a, what we would think of as a barn. It was more like a cave. Because that's what they used for barns back then. And that's where they spent the night. And when Jesus came, that's where he was born. Not the most extravagant place. Not the cleanest place. Not the place any mother would choose to have a baby. um, And yet, through all these problems, God spoke and God worked. And so as they they came, the, the shepherds, remember, come and gather around. And they worship and they they bring gifts to this one that was the gift. The gift of Jesus. So you see, Mary and Joseph were not free of problems. In fact, they had lots of them. Jesus, as he lived his adult life, had plenty of problems. You would think that, you know, healing people and raising people from the dead and making tons of food out of loaves of two little loaves of bread and a couple fish. You would think that would, you know, kind of enamor Jesus to people. It didn't. While some did believe when they saw those miracles, many scoffed. 
And he said, there's no way. And yet Jesus was faithful to do what God had called him to do, even to the point of going to the cross. He was born to a common family. And he lived a common life and then died a criminal's death on the cross for a crime that he didn't commit. And so, as you think of the problems that you might face in life, and as you grow, just like the presents kind of change over the years, problems tend to grow and change over the years, don't they? Depending on what stage of life you're in. And yet, the Christmas story should remind us that no matter what problems we think we face in life, to remember that God is with us. The message of Christmas is... as God came through the angel to Joseph and said, You shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. And so we need to remember that when God is with us, there's no problems in this world that can overtake us. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says there's no problem, no temptation that comes your way, but that which is common to man. And God is faithful in that every temptation, God makes a way of escape that you might be able to bear or endure it. In other words, Paul reminds us that God says when problems come your way, God makes sure that you're going to get through them. And though sometimes it seems like the problems that we face in life last forever, we all know in reality they don't. You know, the things that we worry and fret about, most of the time, don't come true. We've worried and fretted for nothing. And when they do come, come to pass, there's nothing we could have done about it anyway, so our worrying and fretting didn't do any good. And yet, through the midst of all the troubles that we have in life, whatever they might be, Jesus is there. Now these kids, they all got some pretty great gifts. And some of them, probably mom and dad, had to put them together. He spent a lot of time putting those rascally things together. And they're excited today about it. And they'll leave church this morning all excited, say, let's go home, let's skip lunch, and see those toys again. But you know what? All those toys are going to break. They're going to lose their luster they're not going to be quite as exciting anymore. But you know what? Jesus is always exciting. He's always there. And he's always powerful. And so that really is a great gift. And so we need to learn to see our problems as gifts. To say, Lord, you are proving through these things that come into my life that you are faithful. And that you are able to overcome the problems that I face. But then not only do we have the gift of problems, but also, and perhaps this is the greatest one, is the message of Christmas is the gift of presence. Now, I didn't say presence with a T. I said presence with a C-E. Jesus. He will save us from our sin. 
Emmanuel, God with us. The greatest gift was that though God was up in heaven, and how, what, I want you to think for a minute, the coolest, nicest place you've ever been on earth. Somebody called one at my, I think of Dollywood and the Smoky Mountains. I love the Smoky Mountains and, and Dollywood. And um, when Leslie and I retire, we're going to move there and I'm going to be a tram driver at Dollywood. Uh, I've already got it planned out. And uh, so, uh, but we need to understand that. And so, it's a beautiful place. And as you look out on those mountains, you can't help but say, my goodness, look at the beauty that God created. So who's been somewhere, hopefully maybe you've been somewhere beyond Pearl, Mississippi. There's maybe some pretty places in Pearl. I don't know. Oh, Byron. All right, so who's been, Brother George's been a lot of places, he was in the army, he's been a lot of pretty places, I'm sure, around the world. Some that weren't so pretty while he was there. But George, what's the prettiest place you've ever been? Hawaii. Hawaii is a beautiful place. We've been to Africa. Afri- Africa's a pretty cool place, yeah. The Bahamas, yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of beautiful places on the face of this earth. And yet none of them come close to comparing to the wonder and the beauty and the peace of heaven. And yet God left that beauty and splendor and came not just to earth, which wasn't near as good as heaven, but to the bad side of town where there wasn't a whole lot of grandeur and there wasn't palaces and Bethlehem was a little town. Not much happened there. Kind of like Nazareth. And yet God loved you and God loved me and God loved this world so much that He left the splendor of heaven and came to earth to be with us. As I've grown older and kids, you're going to learn this someday. You're not going to learn it now. You're not going to believe me now, but you will in 30 years. You'll, you'll come back and you'll say, Preacher, you were right. Uh, and I'll say, I know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the presents that we exchanged uh, this year, yeah, got some good presents. But do you know what the greatest gift was? Being with family and being with friends. Presence is the greatest gift. And by the way, parents, the greatest gift you can give to your children is being there. They don't need your money. And they don't really, although they think they do, they really don't need tons and tons of stuff. What they need is for you to be there. God showed us how important it is just to be present. Could God have made a way where the world could be saved without Jesus coming? I'm sure He could have made it happen some way. 
And yet God knew that the most effective way and the way that we would see best and understand best is if he came among us. And if he was with us. And you see, Jesus, though he's up in heaven, he is with us today. He's with his people. Jesus said in the Gospels to his disciples and to us, he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And when God makes a promise, he keeps it. And so God gives us the gift of being present with us. To say, listen, I'm leaving the glory of splendor to come to earth. To be with you. Not that Jesus laid down some of his attributes. He still had power. He was fully God, although we you know, can't fully understand that, how God can how Jesus could be fully God and fully man at the same time. He was. And that's the marvel and the mystery of the gospel. And yet Jesus laid some of that down to be with us. But then the last gift that Jesus gave, not only was there a gift of problems and a gift of presence, but he gave the gift of peace. Peace is something this world is searching for. Not just in countries, but can I tell you that every one of us, every human being is looking for peace And there's not peace on earth because there's not peace in ourselves. Sometimes. Because the peace that we're looking for and the peace that's going to last and the peace that endures is the peace of Christ. It's peace that comes from knowing the Prince of Peace. Which also was a name given in the Old Testament for Jesus. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 9, remember that was one of the names. Wonderful counselor, prince of peace. Jesus' purpose was to come to earth to bring peace. But not peace militarily. And not peace to nations, but peace between God and people. Because sin destroyed that peace and that fellowship and that relationship. And the only thing that could fix it was Jesus coming and giving his life. And the only way we're going to find peace in this world, peace in our family, peace in our jobs, peace in our communities, is by finding the Prince of Peace and learning to live with him. Because when we know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and we understand that He's Lord as well as Savior, means He can take care of the problems that we have. And so we give them to Him, and guess what? That frees us to not have to worry about it. And to understand that, hey, I can't fix that rotten child. I can't fix that stupid husband. I can't fix that moronic parent that I have. I can't fix that boss that I have that aggravates me. Or the... But you know what? I can find peace 
in Jesus Christ. And I can find that when I give my life to Jesus, and I surrender my life to Him, and I let Him take control, and I walk according to His steps, guess what happens? Is there still problems? Absolutely there is. But in the midst of those problems, Jesus is right there. And that brings peace. Peace on earth will not come with the signing of papers or the shaking of hands. Peace on earth will only happen when people one by one come to find the Prince of Peace themselves in a personal relationship. And one heart by one heart by one heart by one heart, this world begins to change. And then you see the Bible also says that Jesus came once, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas. But the Bible also says he's coming again. And when he comes again, this world is going to pass, and there's finally going to be the restoration of peace fully. But it will only come through the power of Jesus Christ. Not by us willing it, not by us wishing it, not by us shaking hands, not by us working really hard. But by Jesus coming and ruling this world. So Jesus really is the greatest gift. He came 2,000 years ago. And there is nothing on this earth that lasts 2,000 years that man makes. But guess what? Jesus is still alive, and he's still good, and he's still saving people from their sin, and he's still bringing peace, and he's still being with us. And the reality is he is with us throughout all eternity. He never leaves us and never forsakes us. And so that's the great message and the hope of Christmas is that God loves us and that God is with us and God will give us peace. God is the source of peace. He's the only source of peace. You're not going to find it without Him. Though this world looks a lot of places for it and things of this world promise they're going to bring peace and happiness, but you know what? They don't. Because the peace that we are longing for is peace with God. And by the way, God is longing for it too. He's waiting on us. Because you see, probably all of us got a present or two, at least. And you have a present because somebody bought something or made something for you. And they probably wrapped it up. Maybe put a bow on it. Maybe it went under the tree. So the gift was bought for, and it was wrapped up. But in order for you to get the gift, what did you have to do? You had to take it. But guess what? You didn't just have to hold it. You had to unwrap it. And you had to use it. 
There's an Xbox. That's a pretty great gift. But you know what? If you never take it out of the box and plug it in, it doesn't do you any good, does it? That's the way a lot of people treat the gift of Jesus Christ and the gift of Christmas. They have it and they put it in a box and, and pull it out in December. And then January comes, they put the box back in the closet, back in the attic or back in the garage until next year. You see, that's not the way presents are supposed to work. We receive the greatest benefit and the purpose of the presents when we unwrap it, receive it, and use it. And not just use it once in uh, once a year, but every day. And Jesus is a gift that intends to be used and known every single day of the year. And I hope, friend, that if you've never received that gift, this would be a great day to receive that greatest gift by faith. And friend, if you have received that gift, then what a day to be reminded and celebrate and simply say, thank you, God, for this great gift of Jesus. Thank you for being with me. And maybe you need to say, Lord, thank you for the problems that you sent in my life. We don't, I don't. You probably don't either often say, God, thanks for, the, thanks for this problem. But we pray as, Lord, take this problem away from me. And maybe sometimes we need to just say, Lord, thank you for showing me that even with this problem, you're still good. And you're still there for me. That you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So that ultimately the thing that all of us are seeking for is peace. And the only place you're going to find it is in Jesus. It doesn't come from the store. It doesn't come from stuff. It comes from knowing Jesus and receiving that great gift. And I hope you have today. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. God, thank you for the great gift of Christmas, the gift of Jesus. Lord, as we've been able to gather together uh, this morning in your house on the Lord's day, And celebrate the greatest gift. Lord, if there's one here in this auditorium or watching on the internet that's never received that gift and never applied, never used it, never opened it, would you help them by faith today to begin a new life of peace and joy by making the Prince of Peace the Lord of their life? Lord, help us to carry the message of Christmas, not just in the month of December, but all through the year. May we remember the hope and the joy and the peace of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a a different invitation this morning. We're saying Silent Night. Uh, and wonderful peace.
Um, and if while we're singing, you need to come. The altars are open. I invite you to come and pray. You respond to the Lord however he has uh, dealt with you this morning.